Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Time for Credit of the Week with Forrester Bird Chief Executive Nicola Tuki. Hi, Nicola. Kia ora, how are you? Good, I got a text from you mid-show earlier in the week, which is always an exciting event, and it was because I had a guest who you recognised. Yeah, I uh, was listening along to uh, your bookmarks, I think it was, with Joe Randerson. Yeah, a Wellington-based uh, comedian and artist. And did you guys used to do a show together? <laughs> well, oh yes, but not on the regular. But um, the beginning of my kind of life in media was actually working for the recently um, finished uh, ch- beautiful Channel 9 in Dunedin way back in the day and um and it was sort of i'd done a postgrad diploma in natural history filmmaking it was a really good way to get practical experience in making television yeah. um, because you had to do everything and so you were i was a camera operator but on occasions you know we'd be running transmission of shows out to air we might be sound operators we might be floor managers and very occasionally we got roped in to do shows and we had a show called loose woman uh <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just just gonna stop you there. I've been going down that rabbit hole, which was a, a based on um, Salwyn Toogood had a show, very popular show called Rose, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, that's right. And they were known as his roses, weren't they? His <laughs> I think um, so yeah, <laughs> the, the agony aunt sort of yeah. panel that he had, and, and so we had an agony aunt uh, sort of phone and you know uh, people we read out the problems and then discuss them show called loose woman and i recall being roped in to participate uh on the panel for that and joe randerson was on that panel <laughs> as well great you um you're great as a solo act but you actually come to life uh, when you're part of a panel i've done panels with you and um and yeah you, someone to tease you a bit and um you know uh, for you to kind of react to and I, I noticed you're doing that again. You've got one coming up at the Arts Festival, which is kind of cool. How many CEOs of charities uh, are appearing in the New Zealand International Festival of the Arts? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I'll have to do a ring round. <laughs> um, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm really excited uh, to be sharing the stage with two formidable, two other formidable women, let's say, Um uh, pretty amazing woman. So Liv Sisson, who's who's one of my favourites. I haven't met Liv yet, but I'm very excited. I think we're both fangirling each other a lot at the moment. She <laughs> wrote, um, she wrote a curious foragers field guide, Fungi of Aotearoa, um, which is a fantastic book. I actually bought it for my husband uh, for Christmas. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk about that book. We're going to talk about Critters of Aotearoa, which you even had a little hand in yeah. somewhere along the way, Jesse. And um, we are kind of being cheered by uh, Lynn Freeman, who, you know, many of your listeners will um, be familiar oh, with. Oh, great actually... voice of RNZ. Yes, I've, I've 
an absolute legend voice of RNZ who now works for Forest and Bird. Yay! <laughs> um, so, so she, in her spare time and my spare time, we're all getting together um, to do a, a, um, an event called Blazing Nature on the big screen. And we're going to be putting some of, in my case, Lily DeVal's amazing illustrations of the critters in the Critters of Aotearoa book. Um, and some of the images of um, the amazing fungi um, in Liv's cool. book. So it promises to be lots of fun. Great to have something to look forward to. I'm sure people can buy tickets now for that if they are keen to. You wouldn't open with a drywood termite, would you? Oh, I'd be tempted. <laughs> I'd be. <laughs> Just another example of a really dull-sounding uh, New Zealand critter which actually has an incredible interior life. Yes, and I, I think we, you know, we tend termites are one of those uh, kind of types of animals that we're relatively familiar with. Something like ants make big towers. I have very vivid memories of watching a David Attenborough hmm. series where he was standing next to a termite uh, uh, yeah, tower. Yeah, me too. I've seen that one. It, yeah. <laughs> It well dwarfed him. Um, And so, you know, and and this idea that, you know, termites basically come in and just eat your house, that seemed to be the thing I always thought when I was a kid if I thought about termites. There aren't many many animals that seem specifically to be engaged in disrupting humanity, (laughs) but termites is one of them. Termites is definitely one of them. So um, there are around 2,700 termite species around the world. But here in New Zealand, we only have three native species. And and I know that Ministry for Primary Industries, for example, Biosecurity New Zealand, get very vigilant on any overseas termites Mm. popping up here, which the Australian ones do from time to time, who are far more aggressive than our much more laid back. Yeah, it's a whole thing when you're buying a house in Australia, eh? The, The termite situation. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. A huge risk um, to housing and industry over here. So, you know, another good reason to always be very vigilant about those bugs around us because they are they the, the right bugs in the right place or the wrong bugs in the wrong place. <laughs> um, and so, interestingly, the only way you can tell the New Zealand species apart, so there's three native species of termite in New Zealand, is um, to look at their poos. And I mean, I I, you, I love you cut straight to it, didn't you? <laughs> well, it's because for any of you who've studied zoology out there, you know, and and kind of like had big visions about going around the world and and you know following wildlife and pretty much all you do, whether you end up working in zoos or particularly if you end up studying animals, is you're just constantly sifting through poo. <laughs> it's all you, <laughs> it's your life. Yeah. <laughs> so, they don't put that on the front of the uh, the brochure when they're trying no, to attract students no. to the zoology department. No, just sieve poo. That's what you do. So um, I wouldn't mind sieving drywood poo, because drywood termite poo, uh, because the identifying feature of this one is it has hexagonal-sided droppings. Now, come on. It says a lot, doesn't it? It says a lot about the anatomy of that particular invertebrate. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to work out how many further questions I can ask on this. I mean... Well... When, when Hunter was small, Humanity. when Hunter was small, <laughs> did he have to, you used to have that little block thing where you put the different shaped blocks into the different shaped holes. Yes, gosh, I thought you were going somewhere else there. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> well, I just had visions. I know this will be very unusual to you and all the listeners. So now I've gone down an aside. The very first time that that 
my darling husband Chris left Hunter and I alone, and he backed out the driveway. And I was very into no no nappy time yeah. with my newborn baby. I didn't know what to do much, much about what to do with. And so, a very proud new mum held this tiny wriggling baby with no nappies on up to the window as Chris backed out, and he did what parents universally describe as a number three. Um, <laughs> Into my guitar, which was just below <laughs> the window. <laughs> Look, I don't know what a number three is, and I don't want it though. But the image of it going into a guitar <laughs> will stay with me for life. Thank you, Nicola. It was You're a welcome. Uh, yeah. I'm glad we got there. Okay, if it guys, hadn't been for my flawed analogy you. of the uh, of the <laughs> of the blocks, we would never have heard that story. So, should we get back to the termites? Well, yes. No, we absolutely should. Guitar would so, have had an interesting um, timbre after that. Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Talk about that built-in reverb. Too, so I okay, all right, all right. Clean it. Anyway, be worse than a termite. Because... Be worse than a termite hitting your guitar. That one. hundred oh, percent. And I can assure you that a number three is not hexagonal. <laughs> um, so termites. Termites. Let's get back on target. Termites, cockroaches, and um, mantises. Mantids. They all come from a common ancestor from 300 million years ago, so mm. older than dinosaurs. Yeah, gosh. Um, interesting facts about termites. They don't sleep. They just eat and build. That's all they do. They're wow, like not even like... In Fraggle that, Rock. That's not even metaphorical they don't sleep. They actually don't sleep. No, they actually don't. Um, and animals love to eat them. And of course, we've all seen the videos of, you know, chimpanzees, for example, putting poking sticks into um, termite houses to pull them out mm. because they are full of calcium, protein, amino acids, acids, um, iron. So they're that the perfect snack and um, something we should probably think about. Um, <laughs> so, and, and they also. Um, look after each other. So they look after their young. They live in colonies with multiple generations. They have different jobs. So there's a queen, right? And then all of her offspring are one of two things. They're either workers or they're soldiers. If they're soldiers, and she, I love this, she's able to control workers or soldiers, whether they're going to be one or t'other, by feeding them feces laced with particular kinds of pheromones. Gosh. And we're back to it again. This Talk about a number the... three. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it's like the red pill or the blue pill. Yeah. So um in the end soldiers and the queen can't feed themselves. So one of the jobs, many jobs of the workers is to shove food into their mouths so that they can um, uh, so they can eat and they, they, they regurgitate that in there so that's efficient um, the <laughs> the New Zealand drywood termite though if you are thinking you may have seen them uh, they you probably you may have because they are in colonies in the North Island down here in Tawaiponamu in the South Island as far as Banks Peninsula and also out on the Chathams and they are very niche so they're really focusing on that dry dead wood of native mm -hmm. as well as introduced trees or right in the middle that real kind of heartwood um that's kind of done its thing in living trees like very old putakawa kofi that kind of thing but it just doesn't um, seem not... to be much a problem for houses in new zealand by the sounds of things i mean there's the odd sort of story that hits the headlines eh? but it's not an ongoing issue for us no it's not 
for now because <laughs> I think one of the many 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 unintended consequences of you know changing climate for example is you end up for you know you can you might have more of these so if I think about I spent some very lucky to spend some time in Yellowstone um, 10 or more years ago in the United States and they have a particular beetle there that is just native and is normal but because there hadn't been a set number of below zero frozen days over winter too many of them um, you know uh, turned up <laughs> right. or made it through the winter and started mowing down all the native trees. So, you know, it's an, yet another reason for us to be doing the right stuff to make sure we're looking after our nature out there. Things but are no longer ones, stable and predictable. Yeah. Um, that's right. When the weather changes, that's everything right. changes. Correct. And, and any of that work, I know that you were talking to um, uh, that risk expert um, who you know accounts for global risks? I know that the upcoming major global risks, for example, are nearly all going to be related to environment, to nature, and to climate change. So we can put our hands in our ears and keep pretending it's not happening as much as we want. It is. We should probably do stuff about that. Um, so back to the termites, though. Um, yeah, they they're kind of stealth termites for the most part they just do their own thing they're not really out there eating our houses to the extent that you see overseas um but um yeah we it's very occasionally they can um get out of hand so w- when you're looking at a termite for the most part the the ones that you're thinking we tend to think about are the grubs so they're the little white look like wingless sleeping bags and they sort of grovel around and they take <laughs> away rubbish and create new tunnels and look after the queen, um, and then we might also see them when they grow wings and then they start kind of um, emerging around now and they peer up in mating flights and then they start dispersing and um, look to create new colonies. And actually, I think the adults are pretty neat um, looking. So, Yeah, um, speaking of are... which, Nicola, we, we've sort of come to the time when we require you to rate their neatness, their neatness of their looks by awarding them a score between 1 and 10 for attractiveness. What do you think when it comes to the New Zealand drywood termite? I mean, the juvenile looks like every other juvenile type insect, sort of maggoty sleeping bag type arrangement. But if we were just going to focus on the adult, which I will, and they've, they've got kind of a cartoonish-looking wee face and these beautiful long wings, uh, they're kind of the colour of, like, dark honey, they could be a six. Lovely. <laughs> great stuff. People can check them out on the website rnz.co.nz slash jesse. Have a great weekend, Nick. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jesse. That's Critter of the Week for another week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.